But I feel like if you've already been in a place where you're just so broken, you literally have nothing else to lose. Like if you've exhausted all points where I was at, like you have nothing left to lose, just try it. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hey you guys, and welcome back to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and today I have on Jasmine Juarez from the She Who Bloom podcast to share her journey of coming to Christ after a long, stubborn, and ultimately unfulfilling path without him. The demonic had been creeping into her life since a very young age when the unthinkable happened to her. She was also getting conflicting messages about who God was while growing up in a Catholic home but a culture that also practiced witchcraft. On today's episode, we discuss a variety of topics, including Halloween, sharing your faith on social media, coming out of the new age, and how to finally allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Jasmine. Um, I know we have a similar background of new age to Jesus and I know that I think we walked pretty much a a similar path in the healing industry. So I'm excited to hear your story, um, how you got into that and what that life was like for you in the new age and just the overall protocols, like how Jesus saved you and then how your life has changed your life and your business, how they have changed since then. So I was reading one of your posts and you said something about how uh, you have strong beliefs when it comes to yoga, Reiki, secular music, energy healing, scary slash demonic movies, manifestation, etc. And that's mm-hmm. not out of some religiosity, but it's really because of the life that you lived before Jesus and just what you saw. Um, and I find that when you've seen the demonic, you're extra careful to not let that in. So I'm excited to to just hear about that in your story today. Yeah, thank you. So I do have very strong beliefs on that. And I feel like there's another podcaster and it's slipping my mind, but she, in her testimony, always shares that before Christ, she was always very bold. So why would anything change after Christ? Mm. Um, But yeah, growing up, because of my testimony, just exploring and being exposed to different spiritual doors in the sense of people practicing witchcraft, like tarot cards or I'm Hispanic. So we have like what's called limpias. So we have like a person who comes into the house or does like egg cleanings, very like ritualistic activities that, you know, I got exposed to as a young age. So because of all of that, I feel like now, you know, I got baptized last year. I'm 25. I'll be 26 in December. And really just taking time to kind of take account and clear the fridge of the activities in my life that I used to be a part of or put importance of. And like, I feel like I'm in this journey of looking at every single thing or healing modality that I ever did and being like, okay, God, I'm sorry. One, I genuinely um, didn't mean to rebel in that sense. I was just so curious. So I would try all of these different things. And I think on other episodes of your podcast, you've mentioned that, you know, when you're in like a new age system of belief or anything that's like in the occult, there's always something that you could look into or there's always something new mm. that you could delve into. So it's like never ending. It just kind of yeah. it keeps you distracted in that cycle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely with the yoga, um, that one was interesting because after, you know, getting baptized and 
um, really reading my Bible for the first time, I realized that in different like churches or organizations, depending on like what kind of church you go to, there's so many denominations now, but there were things like holy yoga or Christ led yoga. And I was just like coming from like wanting to get like a yoga teaching degree and or certification. I was just like, how does that even work? So it just has put me in such a big rabbit hole. But yeah, very strong beliefs on that. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I'm still figuring out um, Mm -hmm. some of those things. As you can tell in my TikTok, I'm like openly sharing. I don't really know how to feel about Halloween right now. Um, And it's kind of the same with with yoga, where in my yoga teacher training, there's one Christian, there's Mm -hmm. one Christian lady in my whole circle And at that point, when I was in my yoga teacher training, I was very new age. That's when I was very lost. But later on, when I saw the demon and I didn't know where to turn, I knew this one woman and I reached out to her and she invited me to her church. So like, thank God she was there in that space, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have known any Christian in all of Arizona. So I don't know. I'm, these are still things I'm a little conflicted on like it's I feel like it's good for God's kids to be a little bit of everywhere and ready to share about him Mm -hmm. Um, because if she wasn't there I wouldn't have known where where to turn you know yeah I think there's power in that one in um, being able to share that you don't know what you're doing I feel like we do all of these things or put a front especially on social media like (laughs) if you're already on TikTok and you're one you're talking about God right it's a Christ-led social media page, podcast, all those things. Like you are opening yourself up for such criticism and ridicule from other non-believers, but also from believers. And yeah. it's interesting because like we sin all the time. And I think the amazing grace of God isn't always emphasized in um, how people like really communicate online. So yeah. I think the fact that you're able to share that, hey, this is something that I'm chewing on mentally and I don't know kind of where I'm at. That's a good thing, though, because then you're going to be praying for God to like actively show up in your life to teach you like he's God, the father. So he as a father, you want your kids to come to you with all of these questions. And I think the fact that you're or that we're constantly seeking his face out in all of these situations, I think that alone is okay. But even for like the yoga, for example, like for some people in like, let's say that's something that you're chewing on right now or celebrating Halloween. It's so fitting right now that recording this podcast, like that's something that some people are chewing on versus there are other things like I live with my boyfriend and we're not married yet. So Mm -hmm. that's something else in terms of when you think of adultery, that's a big no, no, but my beliefs on certain things are stronger. So I think like, let's say um, the idolatry aspect of it. I think us being able to have these conversations with other believers, other women as well, godly women, that keeps each other accountable. But then we also acknowledge that we're not perfect, right? Like there's nothing that we can do to make us perfect. Yeah. And that really welcomes in other people who maybe haven't placed their faith in Christ yet um, to to approach faith with this kind of humility. Something Mm -hmm. that's um, been bringing me a little bit of peace in my, in the midst of my uncertainty is it's a verse. I don't know exactly which, which verse it is, but yeah, how God works out everything good for those who love him. And another one, how he makes our paths straight when we seek mm-hmm. him. And so it's like, we don't have to have all the answers. And mm-hmm. I feel like for me too, like going back to the social media thing, when you're there and you're present and you are on social media as a, a Christian page, you're right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more scrutiny and people ob- observing. You are just judged more harshly in nature. And I think that's even... Mm-hmm biblical because you know you got to test the spirits of everything you hear and like it's it's awkward to share in the middle in the middle area because you feel especially as as a christian as a believer you feel this sense of responsibility for the people that are influenced by you and what you say and you don't ever want to be a stumbling block but two to remember like we all have a sense of responsibility of testing the spirits of even like what our trusted pastors say like testing everything we hear, you know, that's honestly really good. Um, oh goodness. Now I feel like I lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I want to, I want to jump back to Too many thoughts in my mind of like, okay, I know we wanted to talk about this. Like what next? I know <laughs> this was literally me at my Bible study last night. Like I'm in a Bible study about flourishing. 
like it's a women's flourish study so it's a lot about like the soil in our heart and like Uh they get me in the circle and I'm like I'm gonna be honest I'm thinking about Halloween right now like I can't like my mind is way out here (laughs) Uh do you want to just jump to that topic I feel like that might get us somewhere else then I do want to like get your full testimony too and okay you know, it kind of goes together with the Halloween thing. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in terms of like Halloween being up around the corner, literally, um, growing up, I went to a private Catholic school. So we had two costumes. I had a costume that was scary, gory that I did at home. And I had a costume that was school appropriate. So like a teacher, a sports Mm. cheerleader, something, something easy like that. And, um, I was just always fascinated with like anything mystical, magical, spiritual, supernatural, all those things, um, since I was a little kid. So growing up, I would always, you know, watch scary movies and in adulthood, I can now look at things like, Oh, that was the spiritual door that I was opening. Like the consumption, it's not always just what we're eating. It's what are we listening to? What are Mm -hmm. we talking about? What are we watching? So Um, probably since I was four, I'm an only child. So all of my older, like aunts and uncles were kind of like older siblings on my mom's side. So I would always have FOMO if they were going out and doing something, I needed to stay up and like hang with them. So that's what I would do. But so that was one spiritual door aspect. In addition to that, um, in terms of other, just like things that I got exposed to when I was little, um, my parents married young, my dad was an alcoholic. So in terms of, I feel like I naturally gravitated to somewhat chaotic and like adrenaline rushing content like movies or music because I was just so used to chaos at home. Um, So then that was another thing. When I was like five or six, then I got molested by not one person, but then by two. It was a slightly older kid. So I feel like all of those things that happened when I was really young, like my first memories of life, I was probably like four, like just turning four. So they're pretty young. So having all of that going on at the same time, like psychologically as a child, even then some adult, we wouldn't be able to handle that. So I feel like in childhood, I learned how to kind of like disassociate, kind of turn those emotions off and just be like, okay, all of these things are occurring to me. All of these things are happening. And I just got to go with it because I don't know like what else to do. And a lot of those things I just kept to myself because like I had never, it's not like those are conversations that your parents are actively asking you, God forbid, you'd hope that none of that would ever happen. So I feel like as I started to grow older, anything that I could to distract my mind from the things that were plaguing me that wouldn't let me go to sleep, let's say, um, I would delve into, delve really into like reading sci-fi books growing up or watching um, like Harry Potter or anything like Harry Potter is a little bit more kid rated, but anything like Amityville horror, when that came out, all of these just graphic content, um, as I got older. So I feel like, because I had already had spiritual doors open from my own doing. And then in terms of the abuse, like that was open for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had already, like, I feel like I knew things when I was a little kid, or I could hear things that weren't there, see things that weren't there. And after all of that happened, when I was like five or six, like that started to magnify so incredibly much. And as I started getting into second, third grade, I was pretty young, like that started manifesting into having nightmares and, um, the nightmares that I had, like, I didn't keep a dream journal or anything like that, but I can remember all of those nightmares because some of them would repeat themselves. And I started noticing like faces and um, like glowing yellow eyes and just really like wickedness really in all of those dreams. So it was just traumatizing. So all throughout childhood, I didn't sleep and I never told any, anybody from like the things that were plaguing my mind in terms of trying to understand like why somebody would um, expose me to like, doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing when I was a kid, trying to understand how to navigate, you know, these kids are talking about, you know, things that they like in childhood, but like TVs and movies and things like that. However, I'm dealing with, okay, I can't sleep because I'm having all of these nightmares of the things that occurred to me. Gearing up into um, middle school, high school, like those dreams started to become a little bit more quote unquote prophetic in the sense of I would have dreams and they would actually come true. 
And it would weird me out because a lot of the times it was about like accidents or like train accidents, car accidents, things like that. And I didn't, I didn't like to have them. Like I didn't want to have them because I didn't know how to understand it. And it's not like I knew anybody else that was dealing with that. Like, especially if I was going to a Catholic school, like if you say something like that, that, oh, I have dreams that come true. It's almost like my teachers would look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I just wouldn't talk about it anymore. But going through that, that should be a safe place to process those kinds of things. The I agree fully. I agree fully. I would get kicked out of religion class because I had all these questions as a curious kid and like nobody could ever answer them. And I realize now, like maybe it was because they didn't know themselves. Like going to a Catholic school, I would get the Bible and scripture read to me, but I would never read it. So like, it's, I feel like it's so common to hear anybody from like a Roman Catholic upbringing. Like we knew of God, we had um, like an understanding of who he was, but we didn't have a relationship with him. We didn't have a relationship with Jesus. So it was that disconnect that I feel like because I had the ability to know God really young, but I didn't have that understanding or like a good teacher to actually break things down for me in a digestible way. Um, that ability to kind of come to him sooner just kind of sailed away. Mm -hmm. And I just started myself seeking all these ways that I could either numb things out or um, try to quote unquote self heal. So after high school, um, a lot of issues with uh, like validation from men. I feel like that's pretty common if you have that happen to you when you're a little kid, Um, but just a lot of toxic relationships with guys. So after that, I was probably like 18 to 21 at this point. And I Googled, all right, I know I'm actually not happy right now. Like all of these things that are going on, the thoughts that I'm having, it was making me really anxious. I was getting, I never want to say like depressed, but just very sad about things. So I just kind of like 180 everything. And I looked for ways that I could quote unquote heal or self heal. And some of those ways were Reiki, going to mediums, psychics, going to yoga, different types of yoga, all of those things, right? And that just led me down such a big rabbit hole. And throughout that time, I feel like I knew of God um, in times where I really needed something like transactionally, I would pray to God. But then I would be like, you know what, I'm okay. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and explore whatever comes my way. So I just started to actively rebel from there. Um, From that point, I started dating my boyfriend. We've been dating now for four years and he went to church. So to be a good girlfriend, I went to church Uh (laughs) and um, he went to a non-denominational church. So things were kind of weird. I remember going into my first service, like, where's my holy water? Why is everything so loud? And why is everyone so nice? It was so jarring. Um, But we would have very like respectful, but like debates, but like about Christianity Mm. because we would get into like Protestant Reformation, things like that. He would ask me about, well, why are you doing an Akashic record reading if you still believe in God? Like, how does that coincide and work together? So I feel like he challenged me a lot, um, but always would point me back to God. Yeah. Eventually, like three years later, it finally worked. So I started going to church and being like, oh, I understand this now. Like I learned this when I was a kid, but now this is starting to make more sense. Um, so eventually last year I said, you know what, I'm going to get baptized. And when I told my family that they were like, Jasmine, you were already baptized. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need to do it again. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. It's not the same. Like this is a decision that I'm making for the spirit to lead my life. So I ended up getting baptized. My family didn't go. The only people that went, nope, were my boyfriend and his family. And then I just started going to church um, like every single week and not missing because it was almost a necessity of mm-hmm. like, I'm learning so much and I love to learn and understand why things are the origins of things. Um, mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm in religion class, but like the religion mm-hmm. class that I never got when I was a kid. Yeah. So eventually from there, I said, you know what, like, what does it look like for God to actively like lead my life for me to fully surrender? Cause at that point I acknowledged Jesus as my savior. Right. And I I can chew on that and explain that. But what does it look like for him to be the Lord of my life? Mm. So to have that full surrender moment or that submission within not only my relationship with God, but with 
also my own romantic relationship with my partner and all of those things, like that can be very difficult, especially if you've grown up kind of like always just calling your own shots because you've had to. So all that said, now um, I feel like actively seeking who God is in my life and actively seeking how I can submit to him and all aspects financially, like relationally within my um, family life and home life, all those things, like that's this new like exploration that I'm on, which is incredibly fun. But yeah. then sharing it on social media, um, kind of like how we met, I was on TikTok and you came on across on my, what is it like my explore page? Is that what it's called? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I know what she's talking about. That stuff would happen to me. Like I would yeah. see those creepy things too. So um, but yeah, being able to make those connections with other people who've had that testimony um, or a similar testimony is also, I feel like, mm, kind of healing. I think you had mentioned before when you had asked if I had ever shared my full testimony. And um, granted, I gave kind of like a G rated of it, but because there's just so much that encompasses within those 20 years because it took the majority of my life. Well, I have um, follow up questions, so don't worry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just giving the brief overview, I think you had said, Something about, oh, this is what it was. So obviously the abuse when you're a little kid, it's kind of difficult because I had never told my family Mm -hmm. because it was almost just like I had bore that weight for so long that I didn't want to put that on my family because I knew that I understood that Jesus was my savior, right? But my family didn't have that understanding. So I almost felt like if I had, you know, told them the occurrences just right away when it happened, I don't think they would have been able to process it. And I feel like they would have then had that guilt or that blame on themselves. Yeah. So it was almost like I was protecting them. Yeah. But I heard another testimony, which I thought was so powerful. Um, he was having a conversation kind of with God. And he said, he was kept constantly praying for his family. And God said, well, to the person, don't you know that I love you? And he said, Yes, of course. And he goes, God says, well, don't you know that I also love your family, love your family members, everyone that you're praying for? Mm-hmm. He's like, do you think I love them? And he says, well, yes, God, of course, like we're your children. And God's just like, okay, well, if I'm your father, don't you know that I love them more than ever you possibly could? And when he said Ooh. that, I'm like, that's so good because <laughs> I was doing the same thing. Wow. And then I remembered what you said, the more that you share your testimony, it's like you get it's like God heals you through it because through sharing your testimony, you're showing God's work and everything that he's capable of doing. So it's like that weight and that baggage, every single time you're actively talking about it is like getting lifted off you every single time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then finally you get to the point where you're sharing it and it's not even, you don't even have the emotion attached with, with sharing that story anymore. Maybe sometimes you do, but like what you shared in the beginning, like, that's terrible. Like, and I'm so sorry that any, like that you would have to experience mm-hmm. that, like, that anybody would have to go through that, but you shared it in a way that like, you can tell that you've, that God has really been healing this in you to where you can share it in that way of like, I, you didn't break down, you know, when you said it. And yeah. most people would. The first time I definitely did. Yeah. But yeah. I hear what you say. Most people would, most people would. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's another reflection of just the fact that, yeah, he is a healer, you know, mm-hmm. leading up to all this. I love, I love how you, you summarize that like quicker than I've ever had anybody summarize a testimony. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But I go on tangents. So I feel like I've said it so many times already that I'm like, okay, I can be concise now because yeah, otherwise exactly. it'll just get me into different directions. Yeah. No, it's, that's so good. But I know that something that you said, going back to the prophetic dream, I listened to one mm-hmm. of your podcasts um, where you, yeah, you had a dream about this accident. And then it turns out that that accident really happened in like another country or state or something like mm-hmm. this. And I think it was your mom that was like, that confirmed that for you. She's like, wait, this was your dream. Like that actually happened. Um, mm-hmm. And that I, it was like this sort of thing that kind of got you into more of like the psychic stuff. Um, yeah, that, uh, part of the spirituality too. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually I didn't mention in this in the, which is probably very important. I didn't mention it in the brief overview of testimony when that happened, that was in high school. And I feel like I was never sleeping because I'd have such bad nightmares. 
-hmm. and I would get sleep paralysis. Um, and I started to teach myself to lucid dream. Mm. I dabbled with astral projection. It was weird, but it was, I was curious by it. So I'm like, what is this? I did it once, but I, it was, it was the weirdest thing I have. Like, all right. So when I have dreams, I've never been able to talk about this with anybody because this has never happened. Um, I would have dreams within dreams. And then it was almost just like mentally, I'd have different layers of those dreams. So it was always really trippy because I never knew when I was asleep and when I was actually awake. But in this time in high school, that was happening a lot to the point where I have an endocrine disorder. So I have PCOS. So my hormones are all over the place Mm -hmm. Um, unless you take medication or you do other natural ways, which is kind of why I went into the natural holistic type of thing anyways. Um, But in high school, I would get such bad sleep paralysis every single night that then I didn't think anything of it. But then I watched somebody else's testimony and they said, well, yeah, that's a form of like a spiritual attack. And it happened like twice or three times for them. And I remember being floored when I was watching this testimony because then on YouTube suggested videos come up and I watched so many of them. And I'm like, that was what that was. Mm-hmm. Because then if that's what that was, I literally had had sleep paralysis all throughout high school, all yes. throughout the end of middle school. And it happened for years, like every single night. Yeah. So yeah, I just could never sleep. I was just like tormented by that aspect. of it. Um, but you were saying, what was it? Oh yes. Prophetic dreams. Um, it started happening, but it also happens to my dad. Um, my dad also Mm -hmm. see things that are not there. So that's been a fun conversation to really delve into, into adulthood. Um, growing up, we didn't have the best relationship. Now we're making the best of what we can. Um, but yeah, that's what happened to my dad and his side of the family. So when my mom validated, like, no, this actually happened, she told me, I don't know if I put this in the podcast, she told me to call my dad and said, hey, your dad sees this, like, boogeyman thing all yeah. the time. And you need to call him right now and tell him to, like, leave you alone. And yeah, she you like, saw that boogeyman in your dream. Yes, yeah. um, I did. It was, and to be honest, like, he, I feel like he still sees those things now. Um, I haven't since then, thank God. Um, but yeah, I think all what ties all the things that we saw, like shadow figures or just like really wicked smiles on people or glowing eyes, like things like that. I never saw them as animals or anything, but it was just this like manner around them. It was just always like very taunting, very wicked, very evil. Um, and especially when I was sleeping, Um, sometimes like I would have the sleep paralysis, I finally wake up, but then the nightmare that I was having from all of the evil things that I was witnessing or seeing, like would get then transported into my room and I would be stuck Mm -hmm. laying there in bed and I'm seeing all of these weird looking people in my room, just kind of just standing there looking down at me or pushing down on me. But I think the problem was I would then be curious as to why it's happening. And I would always ask this question. So I would Google it. And then get down other rabbit holes of like, oh, your dream means this or whatever. But yeah. I never thought to look at it biblically oh, um, yeah. until recently. Yeah. So I feel like that just made it worse <laughs> because then I wasn't praying. I wasn't, I was still like hanging out with other people. Maybe I shouldn't doing activities I shouldn't have been doing. So it's like nothing was really healed no matter how much I tried to. And seeking mm-hmm. answers. Like we always get in trouble when we seek our answers outside of God. Yes. We do. Because the devil's there. He's ready. uh He's prepared to give you some answers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was thinking about this today. It's like those, mm, there's a song. The lyrics are like, the devil learns from your mistakes. Even if you don't, that's how he keeps Mm. you in cycles. And when I heard that, I'm like, that's so good. Because when you think about hell, like hell isn't an appealing place. So if you're going to do things, you're going to want to do things that, you know, spike your interest in terms of things that are sin. And obviously when we get convicted on it, it's very hard to stop doing those things. But ultimately, you know that like, if you're going to lead life through your own way, then you're not asking God to intervene in your life whatsoever. And it's like, at that point, I realized I've been living my life however I want to do it. And I'm realizing that it's not getting anywhere, right? Like this size void almost within me that I'm trying to fill or heal so much with all of these practices or understanding how to lucid dream to see where I could go in my dreams and whatever it was. 
like all of these things I was trying to find by myself, like it was ultimately never going to get me there, but the devil ultimately kept me distracted for years. Um, so yeah, ultimately that like God sized hole wasn't able to be filled besides God. Yeah. And he, he continues to give with one hand and take with the other. So Mm -hmm. every time you think you're being healed or you think you're learning something or evolving as Mm -hmm. enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. Every time you think you're, you're getting that you're really being chipped away from the backside and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Like if you're going into something with the intention of not being broken, um, I feel like one, if you're already in that headspace, like you're going to do anything because you're yeah. desperate, right? Yeah. So you'll latch on to anything. You won't ask questions of, well, why does something work? Like, what yeah. is the origin? Where did this come from? What does this mean? If you're so desperate, you're just going to do it and then ask questions maybe later. Yep. That was yeah. me. Every time I did psychedelic shrooms, any of the things I was just mm-hmm. so desperate. I, I wanted to see anything. Like I wanted to like, I was open to seeing anything spiritual. Like I wanted any encounter. I didn't care like what it was. I just wanted to know it was real until I did see that it was real. And and it was the dark side that I saw was real. And I was like, okay, I'm like, okay. So that, that helped me realize like, it's all, it's all real. So if it's all real, you have a choice to make what Mm -hmm. side are you going to choose? Yeah. And there's only one Holy Spirit. There's only one clean spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When you start, like once that clicks, and for me, it took a while for that to click. I was just like, well, maybe there's this, maybe blah, 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 blah. I was into Dr. Joe Dispenza, which I feel like that's where I'm kind of convicted on the neuroscience and scientific aspect of it. But when you start living your life on something is either of God or it's of the enemy, like I'm very legalistic in my approach to things, but I feel like, cause I have to be, because if I feel like there's a gray area in anything that it's very difficult for me to then follow and like understand what my path is because I feel like for me, since I knew that there were always other like influences in my life, like understanding if something is of God or if this is like a temptation type of spirit, like it's hard for me to differentiate. Yep. So um, yeah, leading from there's either the clean spirit, God, or there is something of the enemy that's influencing you. I feel like it's so important, but it's very difficult very difficult to follow because then it's like you try to justify things to make them acceptable or okay. But then that's almost like making your own religion, picking and choosing what scripture you want to follow. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. I love that you said that because that really loops back to, you know, where we started with why you have strong and strict beliefs with these things. Mm -hmm. Like That gray area is not a comfortable place to be. And I feel like, I feel like we, well, and I know that we serve a God. He's not the God of confusion. Like he Mm -hmm. he gives us his word. He gives us truth so that we can be rooted on a firm foundation and not these questions. But that doesn't mean, unfortunately, not everything is black and white either, though, because even within like, for example, my women's small group, I have all these, these Christian women around me, but we all have different perspectives on some things. And, and I don't like that place at all. Like, I want to know that I know, you know, yeah. <laughs> so that's, hard, that's a hard place to be. So I can yeah. see what's being more legalistic. Like that just brings you more peace because it's like, okay, it's this or it's that done. No, no conversation. Yeah. I feel like though, maybe now that you're talking about that, maybe it's still like a sense of control that I'm not fully surrendering to because like, that's still a sense of okay, well, it's either this or that, like I'm controlling what I'm still going to believe, which I didn't think about until right now. So I mean, ultimately, like Jesus is going to be somebody who is filled with grace. And that's how I'm supposed to live my life. So I think, though, that you're constantly seeking God out. So that's something that you're always going to be asking. Something that came to my mind about how when I was first saved from the new age, I was also a lot more legalistic than maybe I am right now. I was like extra, extra because like you said, I had to be. This is the yeah. only thing that I could ensure would keep me protected. And after after encountering the demonic, seeing the demonic and realizing that you had been so deceived, being strict with yourself and what you'll go into and what you won't, it's the only thing that you know can keep you protected. It's that sense of control as we were talking about. Yeah. Over the past couple of years, I can't tell you, I can't even quite put it into words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this, but I, 
I can't tell you how many times I've been humbled in what I what I thought or how I was sharing it. Mm-hmm. Where if I've like shared something in an extreme way, like I don't know, like I've noticed sometimes it does push people away and sometimes that's the right people, but sometimes it can yeah. like scare people away that might otherwise hear what you were going to say if if maybe for me if I was more like gentle in how I shared it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm still processing through that. Once again, it's weird to it's weird to share the things vocally, like even on a podcast right now that you're still mm-hmm. working through. Um, yeah. I know that's one thing. It's like when when Jesus was on Earth and the Pharisees had no idea that God was among them because mm-hmm. they thought that they knew it was it was this. If it's not in our if it's not in our Torah and our book, then it's yeah. not. But yet Jesus was standing right there in the flesh. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know it's like a fine it's a it's a tricky area of like still being humble and open and knowing that God can do anything and surprise us and we have no idea really like we know only yes that's good I have like two things on that quickly before I forget the vantage point of God I had to like talk myself into this like we know what we can see around us right like that's our like comprehension of things Mm -hmm. God's vantage point knows my thoughts, their thoughts, whoever's thoughts, like, and their path. So his vantage point is so much better that if we're going to trust somebody, I'd rather put my bet on God versus mm-hmm. what I can, am capable of doing. Yeah. Um, but to talk about that, that's a good point in terms of, I don't know, this is almost like a terrible like way to think of it. But I feel like I was so addicted to my lifestyle previously that it's like now I have to be so strict because I don't want to fall into that temptation. But like with anything, as you are able to, even sharing your testimony, the more that you do it, the more that you um, are living through that, like it gets easier and easier to talk about whatever topic that you're thinking about. Right. And um, that though, I feel like it's good because it, by choosing to, ask God to walk with us, ask Jesus to walk with us on this path. I feel like we learn so well by witnessing and experiencing his gentle heart with us. And then we in turn, the more that we live like Christ and we train ourselves to do it, we don't try to do train it. um, Naturally, it just starts to soften our hearts a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if you've had like a rough upbringing, let's say, I would assume the majority of us have a little bit of a harder, colder heart. So like, yes. that's something that I am still praying through. And I am so excited for the day where I won't like feel that within my chest. Like yes. sometimes if I'm talking about something or maybe I'm not being kind with my words or being a little bit too aggressive and I should have more grace, like I genuinely feel like a pinch in my heart, like a pain in my chest. And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Me yeah. That, like, that instant conviction of like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Let me say sorry and really um, make amends. but. I feel like that's such a great learning lesson though, because we don't know everything and we've lived so long a certain way that we have to break down all of that, like shaky, faulty foundation and start to rebuild things with God at the center point. So it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's so good. That's so good. I I relate to the pinch. I do that Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, with my husband and, and we're around his family primarily. My family's all out of state. So I I Mm -hmm. definitely notice myself being it's it's like you're harshest with the people that are closest to you like oh, people sure. people out in the world people at work people at my bible so study, like they probably think i'm just the nicest you know mm-hmm. and i really do try to be that but like at yeah. home that's where you tend to express those those more pinchy emotions so you don't have your guard up though so that makes so much sense you're relaxed yeah uh-huh. yeah and then it still shows the grace of god though when you're able mm-hmm. to recognize that you did wrong and go and apologize like that's that's not a moment lost that's not a mistake that's like etched in stone like that's another opportunity for God to come through that moment too I fully agree and if you don't mess up how are then how are you gonna learn like I feel like we learn through oh that didn't work out well maybe I won't do that again right and then each time you kind of fine-tune and refine things until eventually you've retrained yourself to be Christ-like, but that's not something that happens overnight. I don't know anyone in my life 
that is the perfectly sweetest person all the time. It's impossible because mm-hmm. we are imperfect. Yeah, so sure. that's something that's a lifelong journey then. Yeah. Amen. I want to, I want to go back to, to, um, when you started going to, to church with your boyfriend and then you had, you guys started having these, you know, religious debates back and forth. Yeah. Was this when you started to step away from the new age lifestyle? Like, was there like a radical moment or was it gradual of like, you just, the more you learned, the more you, you know, began to choose God. It was really gradual because I feel like it was gradual to rebel against God. And then it was gradual to kind of trust him enough mm. to be like, okay, like I'll, I'll put my odds on that. I'll fully surrender and see what that does. Um, but it was gradual in the sense of, I'm trying to think, I feel like it happened so like mindlessly that now when I'm trying to digest it, it's like, Oh wow. I didn't realize that was actually happening. Um, but yeah, no, at the time I feel like the more I started going to church and the more that increased, it was like a scale, the less that I felt like I needed to find balance or peace into any of the healing modalities that I was doing. Yeah. I think the last, he- actually the last healing modality I did, I did, um, a massage and I got Reiki infused with it. And the person that was doing it, I mean, is still a friend of mine. Um, I think technically now she would say she's a shaman. She was, um, explaining how that worked with me, but she was a, I think you get attunements for Reiki. So I think she was a master Reiki practitioner. I think that's what it was called. That experience though, scared me enough that I didn't want to ever get Reiki done again, for example, just because I had such an out of body experience. Like Mm. I literally was like in the air looking at myself and it, it was very weird. So that happened. I got an Akashic record reading after that, that I felt like I don't know. I didn't get much of, but I started feeling like after I got the Reiki session done, and this is starting when I started to go to church again, um, I didn't feel right. I felt off, like different. And I knew like in my, like in my soul, in, in my inner being that like, maybe I shouldn't do that again. So I didn't do that. I got my Akashic records read. And then the same feeling like that pinch, like maybe I shouldn't do that again. And then I feel like I started getting challenged on me having crystals and things like that. My boyfriend has a lot of like spiritual mentors. So we would meet with them when we first started dating and I would have these debates so Mm -hmm. bad. And I feel like I always wanted to be right. So I would do even more research and like started researching because of this started researching more about um, Catholicism and understanding why did um, the Protestant Reformation happen and what are these different denominations? To like Um, debunk it? Yes. To debunk it? Um, and to prove a point. So I feel like unintentionally by me trying to be like a smart ass, I started looking into all these topics and then being like, wow, I I can't, I can't not prove this. Like I've been doing so much and fighting and challenging so much that, um, eventually I realized that like going to church once a week wasn't enough. Like I need to volunteer more. So it was like that, that hunger that was never able to be satisfied by any of the other things I was doing. I was starting to actually get fed, like spiritually fed. Mm. And I loved it. So I just started digging and digging and digging and seeking it more. And the more that I did that, the less I did of everything else. And it wasn't something that I realized. It was just the energy and the mental space since I was so busy that I had focusing on all of those new age cult practices. I was just swapping out all of that time and energy and actively reading my Bible, um, seeing what God says. Yeah, he so was gradual. Yeah, for sure. It seemed, and it yeah. seems like he was like changing the desires of your heart. It makes me think of the TikTok I just made about um, mm-hmm. how God helps you uh, get get free of a sin, and yeah. how you know it's like that desire for the sin starts to go away the more that you draw close to Him. So as mm-hmm. you say, like you're getting this actual spiritual food, you know, from God and from His church that you didn't feel the need to try to go fill that void elsewhere. So I think in what I said in the video was like the guilt of doing the thing either gets so strong and, and more painful than the pleasure that yeah. you put doing the thing or the, you just realize like it's not as good as you ever thought it was in comparison mm-hmm. to what God is offering you instead. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Cause that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. It wasn't just so, cut and dry because I feel like even when I was in church, um, when we talk about baptism, for example, I am leading or co-hosting 
like a, like a group course mm-hmm. thing that we do at church. And we were just talking about baptism the other night and it got me thinking of, okay, they asked how many people have been baptized in this church. So I raised my hand. Um, but I had been thinking of baptism for months and every time at the end of service, they have like a prayer team that says, mm-hmm. okay, if anybody feels something emotional, whatever it is, come up and receive prayer. And I always, always, since the first time that I was there, I was almost in tears and I was fighting it so hard. Um, but at the end of service, whenever we would do like that final prayer for us, right. And they would ask if anyone wants to receive prayer, I would always get this like overwhelming sense of emotion that I just wanted to ball. But then my pride was like, why are you crying? You are not about to cry in front of all these people. So I ate it and I sucked it up for months, literal months. I went to this church for like a year and a half before eventually I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like this. But I feel like if that doesn't say anything, Oh, okay. So the testimony that you share with your mom, for example, I think your mom had said that was really good. Your mom had said something like, it's like, I needed God to be so obvious because otherwise I would have been like, I personally would have been too stubborn. I wouldn't have seen him. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like with God, the way that he shows up with me, it's often very obvious. Like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm having a question or maybe I shouldn't be going somewhere, cars will stall in front of me and I'm driving there and I'm like, what in the world? Like yeah. we just had a bunch of leaks in our apartment for whatever reason. And I feel like I kept praying, God, can you just be really obvious with me? Cause I'm not clearly, I'm not getting it. Like it's yeah. kind of dense in my head right now. So I feel like that's how he shows up for me. But yeah, that overwhelming sense of emotion, which I know now is the Holy spirit coming in, like God's grace. Like I can't not not cry. When I see people get baptized, I bawl. So, but yeah, that pull got me for so long before I eventually was just like, okay, I'm going to give into it. But even then when I got baptized, cause I have the recording of it. Um, I feel like when I watch other people's baptism videos, they come out of the water and they're excited. Like they're great. <laughs> I came out of the water, water in my nose. I'm coughing, I'm choking. And I have, it's like displayed for every, everybody to see. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I'm so embarrassed. And even then, like I couldn't even, I was so busy thinking of silly things that I couldn't even enjoy the moment. And I felt like even when I got baptized, I was still kind of just numb. Um, but it wasn't until like four months after the fact that I was just like, okay, like, yeah, I got baptized, but God, like you're not my Lord in my life right now. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, how do I do this? (laughs) So I remember, I think I might've researched something of like, you know what, if you feel like you still have to repent for some things, like I was reading, we have the same Bible, that woman's Bible uh-huh. somewhere in there said like of how women should be something in there said, like, wake up early, pray or something like that. So I'm like, all right, let's try it. I woke up at five in the morning after I decided to like fully surrender my life to God and actively see what that looked like. And I literally got my hands and my knees full submission pose. And it was just like, God, I'm still not getting it yet. Like mm-hmm. I need you to help me. And I would do that over and over and over until eventually I'm like, oh, wow, like it's been a week and I, I kind of feel different. Like I feel that relationship with God that he's actually showing up in my life more. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting, though, because I feel like at least with me, that sense of control, because I'm scared of obviously just trust with other people, with God, too, um, and kind of coming to terms with like that question of, OK, if there's God, why do bad things happen? Mm-hmm. I love that question now because I'm like. Well, I mean, unfortunately, yes, I did experience a lot of adversity, I guess you could say, and a lot of just funk, but I'm able to have a conversation with somebody else who maybe had something of my testimony in their testimony that they've never been able to share. And because now I've gone through it because God got me through it, I can actually kind of come to that person one-on-one and be like, you know what? No, like just because yes, you did have whatever happened to you occurred to you. Like there is still hope. Like there is a purpose through all of the pain that you've been through. So I feel like now being able to be so calm and talk about really heavy topics with people, it's like, I've seen so many people be that way with me and feel like, okay, I can get through this because of how they were. And that's God working through them that if I've been blessed with something, I now need to bless other people with that too. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're, that's what we're told we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that 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 pain point is then where you can connect with others and mm-hmm. connect with God and learn his love more too. Without mm-hmm. that pain, we wouldn't be as likely to cry out. I always I always say that. So the last question I have um mm-hmm. 
would be, what would your advice be to somebody now who's maybe in that, that stubborn place? Maybe they're still in the new age. Maybe they're still mm-hmm. practicing, you know, with yoga or tarot cards or whatever it else, you know, that you did, that we did, that I did. Yeah. Um, what would be your advice to them or maybe to somebody who's been considering giving their life to God or maybe that person that's, you know, about to get baptized, but, you know, they're in that year and a half phase like you were mm-hmm. you were in. What would you tell that person if you could go back and, and say anything to yourself then? You have nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first thing that I would think of. I, I often think that if you've had a testimony where you've experienced so much chaos in it, right? Um, you would think that because you've experienced all that, you are not going to want to find the good. But I feel like if you've already been in a place where you're just so broken, you literally have nothing else to lose. Like if you've exhausted all points, that's kind of at where I was at. Like you have nothing left to lose. Just try it. Like just actually... Pay attention to what's going on. Stop resisting for once and see what happens. Because I feel like I would challenge that question to anybody. And more often cases than not, almost all, God willing, I would say that people are going to um, fall in love with the grace of God and understand Jesus that eventually they're not even going to want to go back to what they were doing. Because I was so stubborn and such a hard-headed person that I eventually said, fine. I'll do it. I'll fully surrender and I'll pay attention. And I wasn't happy about doing it, but I just said, fine, I have nothing else to lose. I mean, this past year since doing that has been genuinely the best. So I would challenge somebody if they're being that resisting. And if this is you being so resisting, just try it and see what happens. Mm. Because I am so confident that the grace of God and the work of God is always going to pull through for that person in their life. Um, that I would be so bold as to challenge somebody to that. Amen. And the next thing you know, mm-hmm. five years have gone by and you're living your best life with the Lord. And you just, Amen. there's no desire to go back. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Michaela Nikolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.